Amen. So, uh, I don't know about you, but I am fired up. Tell us why, Marcel. Kyle's over here, a hater. Look at him. He's an op right in front of us. The ops are between in this. All right, so it, many of you might know, if you don't know, I'm a huge sports fan. Before I went into the full-time ministry, I, I worked in sports radio, and so I'm a huge sports fan. And the sport that I'm most passionate about is college football. Can I get an amen, Mark Hankins? Mark is fired up. Me and him are fired up. Because if you did not know, I'm going to let you know right now. So the, the, this school called USC played. And they won again against their other arch rival, Notre Dame, last night. And so also I have to mention my niece Jasmine is here. Hey, man, look at her. Come on. My niece Jasmine also went to USC, so she's fired up. We went from no college to mo college in my family. There were no college degrees, and now college degrees are coming out, so we're fired up. And so she went to USC. So I'm just on cloud 29, not cloud 9, okay? I went past that, all right? And so I'm super fired up because we lived in some dark times for a number of years. John Orr used to come up and make fun of me and laugh at me because he's an Oregon fan. I don't know why and what's going on with it. But he would hurt me even though he did love me when I went through a hard time. When I went through some difficult hard time through sports, he jabbed it at me, you know what I mean? So thank you for that, love. And so it's been some hard times, but by the grace of God, I believe it's the grace of God, we've been able to have some hope now this year, amen? And I had this epiphany, this spiritual epiphany as I was watching college football yesterday, is that college football really has the ability to make or break your hope in life. Okay, that's an exaggeration. Not maybe life, but it's a sport that's so filled with making and dashing hopes. Because you can start off the year with, yes, we have a chance to win it all. And you lose one game and that hope goes down the drain. But then maybe if you lose at the right time, you still might have some hope. And so recently here for USC fans, we've come to end the year with zero hope. We had like a little bit of, uh, you know, possibility of maybe we're going to at least be average. But now we have some hope. And it made me start thinking about hope that we have as the people of God. And, you know, there could be hope in sports. There could be hope. I know some of us are really into politics and, you know, and all these different things. But as the people of God, we have a different type of hope. We have a hope that's powerful. And hope is powerful, isn't it? Whether you have hope, whether maybe it's in order to excel in a certain area, whatever the case may be, hope is powerful. It can make the difference in our perspective. Hope changes our direction, our actions, our attitudes. And there's a clear difference when you are filled with hope and when you are lacking in hope. Right? You know the stark contrast when you are hopeful or when you are hopeless. And hopeless is a terrible, terrible place to be in, isn't it? And so it can affect our emotional and our mental health. But when there is hope, there's confidence. When there's a hope that stems from a relationship with God, there's a belief that God will see you through the current situation. And we've been talking about becoming like 
God, meaning in a sense becoming godly, to become uh, what God has created us to be. And so it's so powerful that because of Jesus, we become people of hope. And that's the title for our time here this morning, is that because of Jesus, we are people of hope. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for what you've been teaching me, what you've been showing me recently. I know I was just awestruck in reading the passage here that we're going to read and just truly inspired. And God, I pray right now that you may communicate a message of hope, that people will see you or be reminded that you are a God of hope. And that because we are your people, we are a people of hope and how that can transform our lives. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to go ahead and uh, show a, a video real quickly uh, from the Bible Project. Many of us are fans of the Bible Project videos, and they do a phenomenal job. And so I want to show this video here real quickly to help, um, to help us as we talk about hope. So let's go ahead and let's play the video. So let's say you want to describe the feeling of anticipating a future that's better than the present. You might be giddy or excited or maybe unsure, but most of us know that experience. We call it hope. It's a state of anticipation and it's crucial for healthy human existence. And it's a really important concept in the Bible. In fact, there are many words for hope in the ancient languages of the Bible and they're all fascinating. In the Old Testament, there are two main Hebrew words translated as hope. The first is yachal, which means simply to wait for. Like in the story of Noah and the ark, as the floodwaters recede, Noah had to yachal for weeks. The other Hebrew word is kava, which also means to wait. It's related to the Hebrew word kav, which means cord. When you pull a kav tight, you produce a state of tension until there's release. That's kava, the feeling of tension and expectation while you wait for something to happen. The prophet Isaiah depicts God as a farmer who plants vines and kavahs for good grapes. Or the prophet Micah talks about farmers who both kavah and yachal for morning dew to give moisture to the land. So in biblical Hebrew, hope is about waiting or expectation. But waiting for what? In the period of Israel's prophets, as the nation was sinking into self-destruction, Isaiah said, at this moment, the Lord's hiding his face from Israel, so I will kavah for him. The only hope Isaiah had in those dark days was the hope for God himself. You find the same notion of hope all over the book of Psalms where these words appear over 40 times. In almost every case, what people are waiting for is God. Like in Psalm 130, the poet cries out from a pit of despair, I kavah for the Lord, let Israel yachal for the Lord because he's loyal and will redeem Israel from its sins. Biblical hope is based on a person, which makes it different from optimism. Optimism is about choosing to see in any situation how circumstances could work out for the best. But biblical hope is not focused on circumstances. In fact, hopeful people in the Bible often recognize there's no evidence things will get better but you choose hope anyway. Like the prophet Hosea, he lived in a dark time when Israel was being oppressed by foreign empires and he chose hope when he said God could turn this valley of trouble into a door of hope, like the day when Israel came up from the land of Egypt. God had surprised his people with redemption back in the days of the Exodus and he could do so again. So it's God's past faithfulness that motivates hope for the future. You look forward by looking backward, trusting in nothing other than God's character. 
It's like the poet of Psalm 39 who says, And now, O Lord, what else can I kava for? You are my yachal. In the New Testament, the earliest followers of Jesus cultivated this similar habit of hope. They believed that Jesus' life, death, and resurrection was God's surprising response to our slavery to evil and death. The empty tomb opened up a new door of hope and they used the Greek word elpis to describe this anticipation. The Apostle Peter said that Jesus' resurrection opened up a living hope that people can be reborn to become new and different kinds of humans. More than once, the Apostle Paul says the good news about Jesus announces the elpis of glory. In both cases, this elpis is based on a person, the risen Jesus who has overcome death. And this hope wasn't just for humans. The Apostles believed that what happened to Jesus in the resurrection was a foretaste of what God had planned for the whole universe. In Paul's words, it's a hope that creation itself will be liberated from slavery to corruption into freedom when God's children are glorified. So Christian hope is bold, waiting for humanity and the whole universe to be rescued from evil and death. And some would say it's crazy, and maybe it is, but biblical hope isn't optimism based on the odds. It's a choice to wait for God to bring about a future that's as surprising as a crucified man rising from the dead. Christian hope looks back to the risen Jesus in order to look forward. And so we wait. That's what the biblical words for hope are all about. Video is very helpful there. They do such a great job. They can go on the website, check out all kind of good stuff there. But I want us to talk some more about this idea of hope. He mentioned something about this idea of living hope. And so I want us to look at this scripture, and this can be the basis for our sermon here. First Peter chapter 1, Peter was a follower of Jesus, and uh, not only was he a follower of Jesus, but he was one of the main leaders in the church in the first century. And so he writes this letter to several churches. The, they're starting to experience some persecution, and the letter is filled with this idea of hope and perseverance. And so we read in verse 3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And all this, you greatly rejoice, though for now, a little while, you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I want us again to look at this idea of living hope. So here's what I want us to do. Because this struck me this week here. I want us to go ahead in twos and threes and the people in our rows and answer this question. How does this idea of living hope strike you? What does that mean to you when you think of this idea of hope and we see what biblical hope is, this living hope that is available for Christians? So I'll give you several minutes to go ahead and discuss what does living hope mean to you. And if you're online, go ahead and put it in the chat there. Put it in the chat. What does living hope mean to you?
And my AV people, you guys can go ahead and, uh, and, and answer that amongst yourselves as well. Fifteen more seconds. All right, all right. Do want to mention here, we're excited. Uh, I think last week we, we talked about Kelsey Barber being back. We're excited. Uh, another uh, uh, child uh, who is now a grown man uh, is back here with us today from uh, doing, a, got a little, little break here from his military service. And that's Brandon Kohler. Brandon Kohler is here with us this morning. Come on. I remember Brandon seven, year, seven years ago, he, he didn't look like a grown man the way he does now. You see the way he stood up there, like, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead here. Let's, ha let's have a couple people share. What were some things that maybe either you shared or someone that you were talking to shared about what living hope means? Yes, sir. Amen. What comes to mind for him is the idea that God is actively trying to help you in, in, in all facets of life there. Awesome. All right. Yes. So as our faith grows, our hope grows through the test and changes. Okay. Awesome. Yes. So hope that is eternal, never, never fading or, or, or dying there. Okay, awesome, good. One more. Let's go. What? All right. Yes.
Because of God's past faithfulness to, to you, that means, yes, he's going to be faithful in the, in, in, in the future and coming days there. Okay, good. This idea of living hope, that stood out to me. I've read this passage many years. But again, it struck me in this idea of living hope. And so I want us to dive a little bit more into this idea. So I'm going to probably share some things that you probably already mentioned. That means the Holy Spirit uh, is working there. But I want to share a couple more observations with you about this idea of living hope. And we want to look at a couple things, what we have hope in, what we have hope of, and what we have hope for, all contained in this passage. So let's look at this idea first of the hope we have in Jesus. Again, in the verse it says, that in his great mercy he has given us a new birth into a living hope. I love this imagery that the Holy Spirit led Peter in writing this. This idea of a new birth into a living hope. And so this idea that we are born into this hope. And so that we now, we, we, we live in a hope once we are spiritually born, and that's our new life. That's our new reality. Like we've had, uh, I see Nelson over there. They just had a newborn baby, I think, celebrating four months. I thought I saw that on Facebook, right? Four months. There you go. You know, that's Facebook, right? Four-month anniversary. You know what I'm saying? That's great, right? And so they're celebrating four months, a new child. Their new child is born into their family. That's, that's their child's existence. That's what they know. When we are spiritually born, this is the hope now that we live in. It's a living hope that we are born into. It's a life of hope now. And it says that we have a living hope in Jesus, similar to what my niece said, one that is not dead. It's not fading. It's not about to expire. It's not going to pass. It is a living hope. It continues. It is eternal. That means hope is always present for the child of God. Hope is always present for the child of God. And as disciples of Jesus, that means we always have hope. As disciples of Jesus, we are never categorized as the hopeless. That's not who you are, and that's not your standing nor your status. You are never categorized with the hopeless because you were born into a living hope. Not a hope for once, not a hope a couple of years ago, but a hope that lives for all eternity. What a blessing and a privilege that is. What a blessing and privilege that is. What a blessing and privilege that is to be born and to stay in this hope that's eternal. Boy, oh boy, we got a good God. That's why he starts off, he says, praise be to the God. He's so fired up. He's like, praise be to God because of this new hope that we're born into. Oh, boy, I wish we could understand how good God is. But let's talk about this, this hope in Jesus. Look at this. It says, through the resurrection of Jesus. I love this. Our hope is not in circumstance. It's in a person. And this person is faithful. He's the one who's never or never will let you down. I put hope in my wife. I love my wife, but my wife's going to fail me. I put my hope in myself. Well, I know how that's gone, that I'm going to fail myself. 
If I put hope and I love all of you, I love you, Brian Turner, but I can't put my hope in Brian Turner. At least maybe for some things, but not for my life. And so it says we put our hope in Jesus, the one who conquered death. Woo! That's what we put our hope in. The one who conquered death. I just love this because it means, look, we don't put our hope just in the death of Jesus. We put our hope in the resurrection of Jesus. So our hope is not in the dead. Our hope is in the living. Again, this living hope. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, please help some people today here, okay? We have a hope in Jesus. What do we have a hope of? We have a hope of salvation. Let's continue to read. Church, are you still with me here? It says here that we were given a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Jumping on down to verse 9. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. What is it talking about? We have this great inheritance. What's that inheritance? It's complete salvation. That's the inheritance that we have. Complete salvation. We have the hope of complete salvation. You know, God does this a lot. And, you know, this is one of those, uh, they, 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 what, uh, it's called the uh, now and not yet with God. God has a lot of now you have, but not yet as well. For example, the kingdom of God, God's reign, Jesus reigning supreme. That's the kingdom of God is here now, but yet it's also coming. Amen. We have salvation. Yes, we are saved, but it's still to come. You guys see what I'm saying here, right? And so we have this salvation now, but we have the hope that it will one day be complete. And as the children of the Most High God, we have the confidence and anticipation of eternal life with the creator of the universe. And it says that this inheritance, check this out, it says, it can never perish, spoil, or fade. Can I get an amen to that? I don't know about you, but I had a lot of things in my life that Paris spoiled or faded. Right, right. You know, uh, I used to have this, uh, this, I guess it was a wishful dream. Uh, we thought, we, man, you know what? Man, we, we've done a good job of being wise with our money. Maybe we can buy a house. And then the rates went up. Dreams perished. Thanksgiving meals, I hope you had a good meal. But if you don't eat it this week, what? It's going to spoil. Things fade all the time. You know, I had this basketball signed by, this, uh, by, by all the NBA players on this team, right? Uh, I won't mention it was the Clippers, but hey, man, you know what I'm saying? It was still cool. And so I was given this basketball, and it was autographed by all the players on the Clippers. And so I used to have it up in my room. And then one day, I'm like, I think we're moving, and I get it. And I'm like, oh, no. What in the world happened to these autographs? And I was like, you know what? I probably shouldn't have put it close to the window. And so all these autographs, it was the Clippers, so it was probably worth $8, but still. <laughs> it was the Clippers before they were good, all right? And so it started to fade. But here's the awesome thing, brothers and sisters. Our inheritance isn't like any of those things. Our complete salvation will never spoil, will never fade, and sure enough, will not perish. Our salvation is like that. It says it's kept the inheritance is kept in heaven for you. That Greek word is really a, a kind of a military term. 
And so it's given this idea that our inheritance is protected like military style. Your complete salvation. God has it on lockdown for you. He's protecting it. So as followers of Jesus Christ, we now hope, we now wait with great anticipation for the return of Jesus, which will make everything complete. Hallelujah. We are people of hope. Boy, oh boy, we are people of hope. We have hope in Christ. We have hope of salvation. But guess what? We also have the hope for change in the future. 1 Peter 1, verse 6 and 7, it says, These things have come that proven genuine of your faith, the greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. He said, hey, there's going to be a transformation, and it's going to be glorious. It's going to be praiseworthy, and it's going to be honorable. John mentioned this earlier, this verse. John, oh, that's Romans 15. We'll read this anyway. But it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And so God has always been in this business. Why? Because he is a God of hope, of giving his people hope that you can change, that there's a future that he has in store for you that can lead to praise, glory, and honor. And so, again, we're never categorized with the hopeless because we have a Christ who we have hope in. We have the hope of complete salvation, and we have the hope for change, transformation, and a bright future. You know, there's so many stories in this room. We've had a number of people come up and share how they came to know Christ. We've even had uh, 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 Daisy share earlier, right? Hey, you know what? There was, there was this time here, and she still had to struggle and be refined. But now what? Because of the cross, she has hope that she can overcome her pride. We've had a number of people in here share before they came to know Jesus, there was thoughts of suicide. There was maybe non-clinical uh, depression. Uh, there was destructive behavior, bad relationships. But the hope of God changed their lives. I'm so fired up about my, 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 my buddy, uh, Leo Sanchez. Leo, Leo's a brother in here in the church here. Uh, um, and, and so Leo, um, you know, he, he um, is a, a, a mechanic. But he, Leo made some poor choices, and that led him to prison. And he was in prison for several years. And Francis, uh, Francis, that was her, her mechanic. Leo was Francis's mechanic. You guys with me there? All right, there you go. I don't think Francis is a mechanic. That would be impressive if she was the mechanic for Leo. I'd like fire it up. All right. And so she would reach out to him for years, say, you got to come to church. He's like, no, 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 no. But then he goes and he does the stint in prison, and, and that led him to start thinking about God. And as he, was in, it was, as he was in prison, he started to, to read his Bible and started to go more to the, the Bible classes that were offered. And then when he comes out of prison, he finds Francis, or Francis finds him, whatever the case is, the Lord found him. And then this happened. And then he was baptized into Christ here. And we say, Hallelujah. And so there was hope for change. And, you know, he wrote this message on GroupMe the other day to our, our, our little family group. We, we, uh, we had this family group, GroupMe. And he says, hey, dear family, it is an honor to be a part of this group. I remember when being in prison and being behind those walls, I prayed to our Lord Jesus Christ that when I got out, 
to find the best church for me to attend. And he gave me more than I expected. And I thank you for the support everyone has given me. I'm thankful to our God. God is awesome. Thank you, family. There's hope for change. There's hope for change. Again, many of us can come up here and testify. But the question is, do we still believe that there's hope for us? I want to remind every single one of us that hope is alive. Amen? Amen. That hope is alive. There's hope for you. There's hope for your future. There's hope that you can grow and that you cannot be stuck where you are. There's hope you can change and be a better person. There's hope that you can overcome that struggle, that sin, or that addiction. There's hope for you to be used by God in a miraculous way. There's hope for you to be used to have an impact in someone's life and in this world. There's hope for your job and your career. There's hope for your emotional and mental health. There's hope for your loved ones. There's hope for your parents. There's hope for your children. There's hope for your spouse. There's hope for your marriage. There's hope for your neighborhood. There's hope for your university and your schools. There's hope for you to become who God created you to be because hope is alive. And again, what's the avenue? The resurrection of Jesus. The tomb is what? Still empty. We talked about that in Easter. The tomb is still empty. That helps us get perspective. But what does it do? It reminds us of the hope that we have. Hallelujah, that the tomb is still empty, that Jesus rose from there. As we sang earlier, God robbed the grave, and Jesus resurrected. That means he is Lord. That means his promises are true. That means salvation is now and to come. You know, it's sad, though, that many in this world don't have this hope. Many in this world don't have this hope. You know what? I, I thought about this. I thought, man, that, that's, that's terrible. I thought, but man, you know what's even worse? Is when we as disciples of Jesus, we forget this living hope and don't live in this hope. Because we've tasted it, we've experienced it, but yet we don't live in it. So therefore, we're not experiencing life to the full. Therefore, we're not experiencing the victories in our lives. We're not becoming more like Christ who we were created to be. But again, we can fall into looking at the past in the wrong way or looking at our present in the eyes of a humanistic view, or we can tell Satan that he's a liar and we can say, no, that hope is a lie because Jesus resurrected. And because of Jesus, you and I are people of hope. So no matter what happened last night, last week, or even coming in, or maybe what you were feeling up to this point, there's hope for you. Because there's hope in Christ, there's hope of salvation, and there's hope for change in the future. And so what should we do? Well, this makes me think here, that we, got, we have to remember the hope in Jesus. We have to remember this hope. We have to fight to retain this hope and live in it. Because it can fade if we don't constantly remind ourselves. We can forget about it and not trust 
in situations. I know my struggle is I can lose grip of this hope. Maybe you're not like me. Maybe you are. I can lose grip of this hope for things to get better. There's a situation, uh, you know, this week here. We're having a good time with our family, but, you know, uh, it wouldn't be appropriate for me to share all the dynamics there. But there's just a dynamic that was starting to occur in the family, and I was just praying, and I was like, God, can you help? And I was just like, man, I, I just, I'm discouraged. I'm like, man, can this get better? Is this going to get better? And so I can easily forget, and I can just see things now. I'm looking at the circumstance instead of looking at Christ. And so, of course, looking at the circumstance, I'm like, man, this doesn't look good. But if I go back to who Christ is, was, and what he will do, it got my mind thinking, there's hope. This can change. Marcel, stay in your, his will. And that's something that we need to do as we, as we remember. I appreciate we wait and persevere. You know the saying, quitters never prosper, right? Is that the saying, right? You said, I don't know. Okay, or you don't know either. Okay, all right. I think it's quitters never prosper, right? Or quitters never win. Something like that. And maybe add them both, and maybe that's what it is, all right? And so why don't quitters prosper? Why don't they win? It's because they stop. So they never saw it to fruition. They never saw it to completion. But think about the times when you held on. You're like, wow, God was faithful. And so as we remember, it calls for us to wait upon the Lord. It doesn't mean we do nothing, but it means we wait in expectation, anticipation. God will change this, and I'm going to persevere. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to take one step forward today along with his will. And I also believe we should share our hope. The world lacks hope. I believe this is the reason for increased non-clinical depression, suicide, mass murderers. I've been watching the news or just snippets here. I think there's like three mass murders, murders uh, uh, this week. Yeah. Like three. I mean, we're getting numb to it now, aren't we? Yeah. Like before you hear about it, oh my goodness, now you're like, oh man, that's sad, and you just move on. Yeah. We're becoming numb to this. Yeah. What does that show? This is, to me, this is, th th these are the symptoms of what? A lack of hope. If people had hope the way we have, we wouldn't see the things that are taking place. Because many people don't believe there's more to this life. Or they don't believe that their lives can change and get better. But as Christians, we know there is hope. We know there's someone who can bring hope and transform lives. And we have experienced and we've tasted this hope. And so we know who to have hope in. We know that we have the hope of complete salvation. And we have the hope that one day God will transform and redeem this world. So we can't just sit back and hold it to ourselves. We got to go out and freely distribute this to others. Your neighbor right now, you have no idea what they might be going through. But if we shared hope, it might transform. We were in a Bible study the other day, uh, me and a couple of the guys there. And, uh, and, and so the guy, you know, he, he starts sharing about an interaction with his friend. And it come out, his friend was, um, was, was, was contemplating suicide. And we're like, wow, that's terrible. And I'm like, man, but look at what you're learning right now. You're learning about the hope that is in Christ. What do you think God wants you to do? He wants you to take it, but he wants you to go quickly and share with your friends before that person becomes a news clipping. 
And so God wants us to share our hope. We have the treasure of the world. We're called to share it. Not to sit back and just hold it. Not to just wait, but to freely give that. And if people don't accept it, they don't accept it. But at least we shared it with them. We say God can change your marriage. God can change that situation if you submit and trust him. And so I believe, brothers and sisters, we're called to share our hope. Amen. Let me ask you this as we close out. What if the living hope of Christ started to spread just this month? What if the hope in Jesus, the hope of salvation, the hope for the future started to be your norm? What if hope was more than a word, but started to become your reality? What if the living hope started to spread? What if you went into work or class tomorrow reminded of the living hope that you have? What if you face that challenge, you know what I'm talking about, that challenge in your life, you face it this week with the God of hope? What if the living hope of Christ started to spread? What if your household started to understand the hope that is available to them? What if your family group started to share this hope with others? What if this living hope started to spread to your neighborhood and your complex? What if our cities, our governments, our government officials were influenced by this living hope? What if the living hope of Christ started to spread? What if the world knew about the living hope that is found through the resurrection of Jesus the Christ? What if all of us started to live as people of hope? What if all of us started to spread the living hope of Christ? I think it would read like this here. Oh, let me give you some action steps. Sorry, here. I got, I got ahead of myself. I'm fired up. Let me give you some action steps here. Here's some action steps real quickly here. Thank God for the hope you have in Jesus. Spend some time this week, just, just some time this week. Maybe it's 15 minutes. Maybe it's 20 minutes. I don't know. But spend some significant time thanking God for the hope that you have in Jesus. And then do this. Encourage someone to seek hope in Jesus. We all have a family member, friend, neighbor, co-worker, classmate. Encourage them to seek hope in Jesus. And then let us take this from being an idea and concept and cool religious vernacular to becoming our reality and lives. As we close out, I believe we would also praise God and say, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Brothers and sisters, I pray that we may, that we may live as people of hope. Amen.